0: Hi, I'm Lucy Adams from Disruptive HR. Welcome to one of our podcast series where you'll hear from HR practitioners who are genuinely doing things differently. If you're looking to change your HR practices, then why not check out the Disruptive HR Club? It's got tons of videos, webinars, and downloadable guides that will give you all the ideas and practical help you'll need. Check it out at www.disruptivehr.club. Hello and welcome to another podcast from Disruptive HR. Now I'm absolutely delighted. Today we have Anne Catherine. Now I'm going to try and get your name right, Anne Catherine. <laughs> Anne Catherine, Elifeld lowy Wow, beautiful. Is that okay? Yes. Is that all right?
1: Yes, um, got I it. know
0: that you speak about seven languages, and I struggle with English. So <laughs> um, now you're you head up uh, global leadership and talent development at Novo Nordisk. Just give us yes. a feel for what that entails. Just give us a sense of the, the size of the organization, who you focus on, what you, you and your team do.
1: Yes. So, um, well, the size of the full organization, we are uh, 43,000 employees across the globe in Novo Nordisk, and we have people on the ground in 80 different countries. So that's really like the size of the organization that we are catering to. In my own organization, um, I have actually we have just been going through a reorganization so I'm not sure I have the number right of who, how many is in my team now <laughs> but it's uh, it's it's around uh, 13 people in my team and we are based uh, all over the world basically from uh, US, uh, Brazil all the way to China and then somewhere in between and um, what we are catering to is for the leadership piece is basically everything that regards leadership. So leadership, so newly appointed leadership team, first-line leaders, senior leaders, and the strategic leaders as well. Um, On the talent piece, we're also catering to all the different segments of talents that we are having. So aspiring to become a people manager and then going into those segments and again, all the way up to our most senior leaders. So that's like two
0: cents uh, uh, what we're doing. (laughs) but who we are <laughs> catering to in the team. That's fantastic, thank you. Now, I know that you're based in Copenhagen. Obviously, this is in the middle of the uh, coronavirus crisis, so we're all on lockdown. How, is it, how you, have you and your team coped with, with lockdown, and what's it like in Copenhagen right now? Well, actually, in Copenhagen, I just
1: came back to Copenhagen myself from have been in Corona exile um, out in the countryside for several months as I have little kids. Uh, but I'll tell you, if you walk the streets in Copenhagen, you won't notice much difference, except for the hand sanitizers, which are absolutely all <laughs> over the place, right? But I think life has come fairly back to normal in, in Denmark. I mean, of course, if you ask the hotel industry, they would have another sure, opinion sure. than, than yeah, I do. Yeah, sure. And if you come to our offices, so it's true that our headquarter is based in, in just outside of Copenhagen as well. And in our headquarter premises, we have come up to capacity, 100% again, being back in the offices. However, it doesn't mean that everybody is using the opportunity. People are still, to a large extent, working from home because we have realized that that is very possible. Now that you asked to my team, well, it's only very few from my team, actually based in Denmark. Most are based all over. So to be honest, the way we have been working together has not been dramatically different because we were always working virtually
0: together before the crisis as well. It's interesting what you say about the fact that it, it kind of almost feels quite normal in, you know, kind of like things are back to where they were in many ways. And, and, you know, I live in London and I, I think our experience is, is increasingly like that. And I think in HR, there's a risk that we think, oh, you know, all of these fantastic practices that we've seen, these new behaviours that we've seen during the crisis, they're automatically going to continue and life's going to be very, very different. But yet, I think human nature being what it is, there's a risk, isn't there, that we just slip back into those old ways. So i think that right now we have an opportunity to and we've been using this phrase better normal you know create this better normal don't just slip back to how things were because it will happen so fast what are the things that you and your team have been doing differently as a result of the crisis that have made you think actually we can do this differently we can create a better normal what would be front of mind for you yeah First of all, I,
1: I feel like sharing a little anecdote with you, Lucy, as to how we how we got to fly to this crisis. Yeah. So, um, of course, we had the, the business disrupted in China. I mean, also from a working point of view that everybody was sent home early days. But as you know, it wasn't impacting the rest of the world at that time. So in Denmark, the lockdown happened the 11th of March. Uh, a week prior to that, I was I received a phone call from a colleague of mine in, in the team managing the, our graduate programs. Uh, They had planned a graduate recruitment centers flying in candidates uh, from all over the world.
0: So, very classic, traditional, classical.
1: 200 people coming in, uh, 50 uh, facilitators from Novo also coming in. And then they called me and said, You know what? We don't feel comfortable having everybody flying to Denmark in this situation. So, we were wondering if we could do something in a virtual nature. And I was saying, No, that's okay. Let's explore it. How long do we have to make this transform or the redesign? <laughs> well, the event goes on in five days, basically, they told us. <laughs> I don't know if
0: you can imagine, I sort of lost my job. And, and there'd I, been no preparation to do it virtually before no, that. So you no. had a four, four five day turnaround. Yes.
1: So we called together, you know, we just did. Basically, I think the short version is we made it happen. We made it happen. We established the platform. We redesigned all the activities. We basically made everything happen. And it was, I have to say, I think a a, a tremendous success. We managed to hire all the people we wanted and have a lot of positive feedback from the candidates. And the same day we did this event, that was the same day our prime minister went on national TV locking down the country in the evening. So I think uh, that was, it was, I'm really, I'm actually really glad that we were invited into that event because I believe that both personally, but also our team and the people around us we gained confidence that we could actually make things in a different manner. If we were brave enough to scrap what we had, think fresh, think new and act super quick.
0: That's really interesting. And, and so, this idea that actually this crisis has given HR a level of confidence about what can be achieved in a really tight time frame. If there is a clear, you know, sense of what you've got to, you know, what you've got to work towards, you've got, you have no choice, you've got to do it. Yes. My God, we can achieve so yes. much. Normally we would have set six months aside to make yes. this, happen, right? <laughs> so instead
1: yeah. we did the five days. No, but yeah. I think really this also speaks to, so then what did we do in, in, in our team when we realized this? We basically took a look and, and I told you we had just been um, launching a totally new academy structure. It's, it's fairly new that we are working in these global COEs as centers of excellence in our company. So we had just spent all last year to really do all the analysis and developing and piloting. And here we were ready to launch all the academy structures. Boom, not possible. We were, you know, we were supposed to be out there delivering face-to-face events, trainings uh, at different hubs, regionally all over the globe, of course, in a blended ma- uh, fashion, right?
0: Yeah, but yeah. all of
1: a sudden, we were just thinking, this is not possible. So we did a turnaround also with our own academy, not in five working days, but close to. And I think we did it because, one, we had the confidence, because we had it being happy. So yeah. We had a very strong partnership with the, with DDI that we're delivering together with, and they helped us. They stepped up and helped us, and we also had an own internal team that just, you know, uh, threw everything they had, jumped into it, and made it happen.
0: And, and of you course, think you'll go back to the old style academy.
1: So at least that is not what we are planning for. We get this question, you know, from line of business. What I keep telling them is. We want to see how it's going for the last part of this year. We want to see how is it going. Um, And then we want to make our decisions. I don't see that we will go back to what was planned half a year ago. I don't see that as a reality. I do see that we would have some sort of face-to-face interventions, but not to the same extent and not in the same way.
0: Definitely, Because, I mean, we've got to be honest, you know, in, in an ideal world, virtual is not perfect, is it? You know, we, we know from talking to people that if you're on Zoom calls from early in the morning to late at night, actually, it, it's, it's a level of intensity and fatigue that, that you perhaps don't get when you're in a face to face meeting. So it's not ideal to do everything virtually. But but the point you're making, I think, that actually instead of this dragging people from the four corners of the globe, you're bringing, in, instead you can do it in their local places. Yeah. You know, that's got to be, that's got to be beneficial. Yeah. And you know what,
1: Lucy, also what we realized, because we, we had actually already a couple of iterations also on this virtual academy or whatever we call it that we have then launched. And the first one, we just, you know, had to sort of redesign or transform or whatever you want to call it. And then... And then what we, what we have been dialing up throughout is like, how can we add more of the social learning activities into it? Because yeah. this is the part that you are lacking, yeah. having the, the face-to-face intervention. So what can we do? What about our mechanisms? How can we do establish smaller groups so that they have some coaching sessions? How can we create some roundtable discussions? So what's the right size? What's the right sort of, how do you trigger those? How do you facilitate those? So we have also had to look at our own capabilities, right? Saying, are we strong enough at facilitating virtually? Because what is
0: the difference as to facilitating in other uh, in other ways? So, and what for, do you think those differences are? Do you think it is, it is quite different? Do you think people, um, you know, managers or or HR facilitators need some support with that? And and what support have you provided? Yeah.
1: So actually, it's interesting because uh, first of all. Uh, I would have loved to say to you that, you know, all of this just happened very smoothly, structured, systematically. (laughs) We were thinking down, now in this new situation, what is needing making the list and offering. I tell you, we were also caught by surprise a couple of times. One was all of a sudden we realized, oh my God, we have all our people, managers all over the globe now facilitating meetings virtually. And they have no clue how to do it because they have never done this before. So again, in no time, we had to offer that. And this is not a three-day training in how to do it, right? It's a one hour or it's a 90 minutes or, you know. Yeah. So super quick, like, boom, here you go. Guys, take this and experiment. Um, so, 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 yes, we have done some of that. And we have also taken some of that medicine ourselves. Um, and I think this has been really a lovely opportunity, basically. Because one of the things is also that we have acknowledged is, of course, you need to be told a little bit uh, tips and tricks on how to do different things, but it's basically just daring it and trying it out and experimenting.
0: And, and have you found your managers being more comfortable with that, just giving it a go? Because I mean, we all know that, you know, you, when you're asking managers to facilitate, normally they want their detailed scripts and yes. they want to know exactly yes. what's required of them and the yes. effort that it goes into it, you think, gotta be easier just to do it myself. Yes. Um, and actually, from your sense, your your managers are actually a little bit more open to just giving it a go. No doubt about it, Lucy. I think you know this is. I mean, of course, this has been a crisis on the
1: in terms of the world for the population in, in terms sure. of economy, and and especially all the the vulnerable people that we have in in all across all the societies has been many. Uh, really disadvantages by this situation. I think from an organisational point of view, there has been some advantages, and that is yeah. what you were mentioning here is one of them. Yeah. We have simply just, you know, erased a lot of the boundaries that we have had, a lot of the concerns, and basically there has been no other way than experimenting our way out of this.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, we talk about it like this is the world's biggest experiment in working from home, and and, and everybody has realised <laughs> well, it actually did work. So. Yeah. Uh, Yes. i tell you, one of our executive vice presidents said, it took a pandemic to change my mind as to <laughs> working. Yeah. So, And That's this fantastic. also goes from uh, virtual learning. It has been the same that, uh, you know, we have just erased all of those concerns and we have realized it worked. And that has given us a tremendous advantage. However, I have to say that, that now I, I mentioned we are already slowly coming back to normal in some parts Uh, uh, of of our company primarily in Denmark and and I can also see very quickly that we are going back to operating as we did before also very quickly so there is no doubt that this is this is a big concern for me that we have to figure out how do we hold on how do we generate the learnings and how do we hold on to the learnings that we have
0: and i think part of that has to be finding time to to reflect because we're mm-hmm. such doers aren't we we're so mm-hmm. action oriented and our leaders are all very alpha and mm-hmm. uh, and driven to do stuff and 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 actually you know just taking that time with a leader to just get them to reflect on the barriers that have been removed the resistance that has changed the new skills and capabilities the surprises that they've had but i do think we need to get some reflection going and build that in now and not wait till the big wash up uh review it, that will no doubt happen in six yeah, months time because yeah. it's too late totally agree i totally agree and I've, actually we
1: have had our ceo going out in our in, in his last uh, he has he's he has like a broadcast where he talks to you know everybody in the company right And and he's, yeah. he exactly mentioned this so what we did as a follow-up from that we've basically published two sort of canvases we call it so it's like imagine like a big poster one which is focusing on organizational learnings. So it's basically just a superficial structure that right. a team can take and just follow that reflection process to go around. Brilliant. How Brilliant. do we generate learnings, you know, linking it to the strategy, what do we need to do? So Perfect. basically facilitating that. So that's one canvas and the other canvas that we have launched is more on an individual basis. So a leader with the employees, what are the things I need to consider in relation to this employee, both when it comes to ways of working, set up priorities and all of that. So we launched those last week and we know just launching canvases doesn't make the conversations happen. We need to no, follow but us. It's, it's,
0: a, it's a prompt. It's a nudge. And you say doing it very yes. visually as well. Yes. I think is a really useful idea. Yes. So is yes. there anything that you're, uh, particularly excited about, about uh, things returning to normal or not to normal? Is there anything for you and your team that you're thinking, I can't wait for this? Well, actually, I will say, I, I think we have been
1: fairly excited all the way through because all <laughs> of a sudden we just realized, oh, the agenda we've been trying to push is now just being requested. Because yeah. we also, we, we, had, we, we were working on launching a um, learning experience platform. And that was supposed to be to be launched between July and September. But we have anticipated that. So that has been launched in the middle of this crisis. So we just see a huge uptake in the organization and that. So now we are just working around the club, you know, to keep the momentum on the learning experience platform. Right. We also see that we just have like this about the social learning that I mentioned before. We do it in the academy structures, but we want to we want to broaden that out much more in the organization. So that's also something we're super excited on, really that we are just working and working on it. And then, actually, as we speak, Lucy, I'm I'm submitting a, a memo for our our executive um, group. So hopefully, on Monday, uh, we will have a decision around the strategic business leadership intervention that has also been reshaped in this corona, where we are now have established a lot of virtual learning um, learning ways with those. Yeah most senior leaders in our company. And I tell you that, I'm not sure I would have had the confidence going out with that before the corona. And I also not sure that they would have liked it yeah, um, yeah, before. Yeah. So I think, I think we have opened, um, with learning from this experience, we have opened for a totally new field uh, in our space, but it also will require that we leverage and that we actually be a bit persistent Continuing doing it instead of just waiting to go back.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. So, firstly, thank you so much for making the time today, and secondly, um, as ever, your enthusiasm, your excitement, your passion for this agenda <laughs> shines through. And I, I, think we're you know the point is that, of course, we're not dismissing or um, undermining what. The, the very difficult um, and, and very painful challenges that this crisis has presented. But equally, there is an upside, particularly for people in our field who have spotted this and who are making changes happen in ways that were unimaginable, yes. um, even three months ago. Yes. And uh, you know, I, I hope to God we never get this opportunity again, yes. but we mustn't, we mustn't waste it. So I just wanna thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me and all the inspiration uh, over the years. Oh, bless you. And I hope that we can get together in Copenhagen for a coffee soon. Yes. Let's let's plan for that. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this podcast. For more resources to help you change HR, check out the Disruptive HR Club at www.disruptivehr.club.